This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I believe inspiring people to be the person they aspire to be by doing the things they aspire to do. This podcast is an additional platform to help me do just that. I know a lot. I've done a lot. And I do a lot. By sharing my experience with you all, be the highlight of my day. I will also have family, friends, and colleagues share their knowledge and experiences with me. You think you know me, but you don't know the half. Welcome to Vail's World. It's the team. What's up, what's up, everybody? This your boy, Lavelle D. Munger, your host for Vail's World Podcast. And yeah, we got another great episode for y'all stay tuned to the hot topic if y'all haven't make sure y'all follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at fails world podcast and always feel free to shoot us an email if you want to talk about sponsorship being a guest on an upcoming episode or have me a guest on something you're doing hit us up at fails world podcast at ldmonger.com and and wait before we get started Hit up our anchor profile and make sure that you send a message so we can go ahead and tag it in an upcoming episode. Also, you can be a monetary investor for as little as 99 cents a month. Help us make this thing bigger. Let's get on with the show. So today's good read, The Richest Man in Babylon by George C. Clausen. This book has been suggested to me for about a year and a half, probably longer. And I finally was able to get to it. And man, this was the refresher that I needed. And sometimes like like humans, I get thrown off track. Books like this allow me to get back on my path to wealthiness so that I can be the philanthropist that I am at heart. But first part, you need money. You need access to money in order to be a philanthropist. So that's that's my my ultimate goal. This book reminds you that anyone can build wealth. Anyone can create a life that they envision for themselves. And if they just broaden their financial understanding, I remember assuming that, hey, I'm too poor to do this and that. But honestly, if you can do it when you have the least, it makes it easier to do it when you have more. It's really just taking the act of gaining that discipline in order to stay at something. So 10% of whatever you have, if you save that, you're good. And then once you get to a point where you saved enough that can finance at least three to six months, and some people, they say they want to have enough saved to keep into account of expenses for an entire year. And if you can do that, fine, that's great. But start where you are. Some people may just need living expenses for three months. And if they do fall off, they able to get a job within those three months. They have a cushion to get it together. Some may need six months, whatever comfort level that you may have. And then once you save that amount, now you can start using other channels of money to pay off debt, to invest. And that's what 20% of the funds went to paying off debt. So then when you're done paying off the debt, now you have that 20% you can do a little more with and you can look for ways to invest so your money can make money, which is a huge piece. Some common sense principles that he mentioned Saving a percentage of every paycheck, 10%, and you all may hear that a lot, rich dad, poor dad, 
many other books that I've read about financial independency, Dave Ramsey as well. Living within your means, not really splurging. Create a budget so you can have a visual of what your means look like. Increasing your capacity for earning. And again, you can go back to your budget. You can see how much you are making. And then you can see how much you want to make in order to live the lifestyle that you want. And then you know spaces that you can increase. Some people live as if they need $100,000 extra a month in order to live the lifestyle. But if you actually create a budget, you will see that, hey, maybe a couple hundred dollars extra a month is the lift that I need to get me out of whatever financial burden that I'm in and or can pay for another trip, another vacation and allow you to travel and explore more. Minimizing risk and financial investments. Don't ever trust your money to someone that's not doing what they said they want to do with your money. Uh, for example, I personally don't put my money into the hopes of others. Even if they're right, I still don't feel bad. My gut would tell me, no, if you are a photographer and you telling me like, hey, let me borrow $5,000. I'm going to go to France to get some jewelry and bring it back. I'm not going to listen. I'm going to listen to a, a jeweler, right? So making sure that you are minimizing your risk and your financial investment, use the experts to help guide you through whatever that may see. If I need accounting information and, and advice, I go to a CPA. If I need legal advice, I go to a lawyer. If I need education or academic advice, I go to a professor and so on. If I need government advice, I go to someone that's in politics and government. It makes sense. So making sure that the person that you're receiving your information from is qualified in that space. Securing, securing an income stream. For one, get a job. You need some money, regardless of how little that money is, you can always save a percentage of that paycheck. And as long as you have a vision of where you want to go, you have an idea of what that is. So now you have income, you have money coming in. So now it dictates what you want and need to do with that money in order to make your money make money. Attracting good luck by conquering procrastination. Everyone, oh, that was a lucky moment. No, there's not luck in the process. Like, yeah, this opportunity came because I prepared myself. I look like the best fit for this opportunity when it came. And it came from what it may seem of out the blue. But when someone see you doing and they hear about you doing, once the opportunity presents itself, it's laid in your lap. And it's up to you to maximize that. Develop a strong work ethic. Again, if you start with zero and you start saving that 10% of $10, so now you put a dollar in, that 10% of $100, so now you put $10 in, and you just stay consistent, you stay hardworking, doing the best that you can, regardless of what that may seem for the next person. If you're flipping burgers, being the best burger flipper, if you are the best shoe shiner, you know, so many jobs that we look down upon it, if you work on just doing your best, that discipline will take on other facets in your life. Being the best communicator, being the best leader, being the best manager, someone seeing and hearing about you doing that, that's the energy that's going to allow you to be prepared for your lucky moment, your lucky opportunity. And that's what I loved about this book is so many basic things that you can learn that's beneficial throughout different aspects of your life. And you can translate that to the financial spectrum and vice versa. Opportunity comes to those who are prepared to embrace it. Now is your chance to unearth gems of wisdom from the ruins of ancient Babylon and chart your own path of financial independence. And I'm telling you, if you do these things when dealing with people, 
you will learn that it's just so much more out there in life than what we allow ourselves to be in. So yeah, The Richest Man in Babylon by George C. Clausen. Read it. Let me know how y'all feel. Hit us up on our social media. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Vales World Podcast. If there's a book that you all want us to read, shoot us an email at Podcast at ldmugger.com. Now, what's popping? It's been an eventful week. So Travis Scott is getting sued, and there's over 108 lawsuits. Nine people died along with 300 injured, which includes a nine-year-old boy who was in a coma. Unfortunately, I believe he died a couple days ago in the hospital when thousands of a 50,000 attended event rushed to the stage, which saw victims being crushed and trampled over 40 minutes, all while Travis performed. I saw some clips of the performance, and there was a point Travis Scott was directing security to get in certain spaces to calm down some commotion. And all of this took place in Houston, Texas for the Asteroid World Festival, where he had all these different performers come out, something that we've been used to. It's crazy that we are still in a pandemic and we have these huge gatherings. That's neither here nor there. The nine-year-old boy died. I'm not sure why a nine-year-old boy was at a Travis Scott concert, outdoor, festival style. We know and we heard about the mosh pits, how rowdy that could be. But I'm not going to blame and put fault on the parents, the guardian who took the nine-year-old there to experience this concert because you don't think that going to a concert, that it would be the last thing that you attend, especially dying because you're being trampled on by thousands of people for over 40 minutes. Like You don't expect that from a concert. Travis immediately canceled future concerts. I believe he had one in Vegas that he canceled and was able to find someone to fill in. Nike had postponed the release of the project that Travis and Nike was working on for a shoe release. The lawsuit is targeting Live Nation and also Drake, who made an onstage appearance. I don't know how they are going to sue the actual performers, but the venue, security, safety measures are all in question. So prayers out to the family, friends, and loved ones that's involved in this horrific situation. Because it's a lot. And if you did attend this event and you so happen to be in the spaces where you've seen people getting trampled and you've seen death and blood and things of that nature, don't hesitate to get therapy. That's a lot for anyone. Even if you think you're all right, just taking the time to just talk to someone about that experience may be the relief you need to live a better life moving forward. A couple of days ago, I seen Ari, Ari, whatever this lady name is. What's the name of baby mama? Money bag, yo, current girlfriend. And she made a tweet about guys playing the video game. And I read it with such anger and such such passion and energy from our urban black women. And yes, I didn't see hers because I don't follow her. So I seen it from a retweet from, of course, a young lady in St. Louis. And she wasn't expecting to go viral. Had over 5,000, then 50,000 likes and 50,000 retweets and people was messaging for days and the retweet was your man and just paraphrasing your man drink lean all day and you're talking about video games so in the comments it was like oh yeah people priorities all messed up which is true you are mad and downplaying men that play video games while dealing with a man that 
does drugs, which is crazy in our culture. And honestly, I spoke to a couple guys that love playing video games and it's therapeutic in a sense. It keeps them out of the street, which was something big. I was like, huh? I was like, why are you always playing a game? He was like, man, every time I go outside, I get in trouble. You know, the temptation of women, I'm spending money, you know, drinking, things of that nature. So at least when I'm at home, I know I'm at home. Like, I know I'm not outside doing anything that's disrespecting my child and my, my baby moms and things of that nature. I was like, oh. And then he also added he has friends all over America. So this is a time where they can sit down and chat. So they're online just playing a game, chatting, and doing things of that nature. And I've seen a couple guys that just do it for the connectiveness of being with their peers that they can't see every day, that they can't talk to every day. It keeps them involved and engaged. Yes, I understand the frustration of a woman that may want attention and they can't get the, the attention that they want because their significant other is playing a game. That's understandable. What's well, not understandable for those women that buy the PlayStation, that buy the game, and then complain when they're on the PlayStation and game, uh, giving that more attention to them. Honestly, it's all about communicating and figuring out how can I divide my time where we all feel appreciated. But yeah, she went on a, a huge rant talking about guys that play video games, stay in their mom basement and they're childish and lack responsibilities. They're nerds. They're creepy. They don't get no pussy and all type of stuff. Like she went off. And I seen some guys who were professional athletes that played the game because when they wasn't playing the game, it was increasing their chances of getting in trouble. And after you leave football practice or basketball practice on a professional level all day, you really don't have the energy to do much. So it's good to just sit back, chill, relax, and play the video game. Everybody isn't a mama's boy in a basement somewhere living a horrible life. But it also just showed this idea that some women have, especially for my community, the lack of respect that they have for men. And as black men from the urban community, it's a lot of stuff that we can't do. Like we thinking we're doing something better. If I'm playing a game, I'm not in the car. I'm not drinking. I'm not smoking. I'm not hanging out with the homies physically. I'm not around women being tempted. I'm not being hollered at and or hollering at anybody. I'm not out in these streets. I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm out of harm's way. I don't have to worry about police brutality. I'm just here. And now that's an issue. Like Everything is an issue with the black man. And I can't wait to figure out what is it that we can do that we actually interested in doing. Like You can tell us to do a lot of stuff that we don't care about doing, but what can we do that we are actually already doing that's okay, that won't be frowned upon? Like playing a video game and i am getting back to normal whatever that may be this month i'm really relaxing taking a step back from all of the traveling all the over commitments that i constantly put myself in so i get to chill out this month and i've been feeling it i've been sleeping better which has been great because i haven't over committed myself with too many things work life balance has been better been taking the time to hold off on projects and just wait until the next day to complete after working 12, 16, 18 hours a day. So yeah, I'm in a better mood. My knee is getting better and that's important. So hopefully I'm back running by the time I go to Jamaica. I actually have to run when I get to Jamaica and possibly do a 5k event around the Christmas holiday season just to go into the new year at ease. Still some more rest I need to catch up on, but you only have 48 hours to dig into that sleep deprivation tank that you created so always know get your sleep get your rest drink your water eat better i'm proud my weight hasn't 
going up drastically. I haven't been to the gym. I haven't worked out. I haven't ran since my last 5K event. My body fat has increased drastically, but I know how to get it back down. I've been here before, and this is the break that I need to get myself back together completely. So yeah, if there's something popping with y'all, y'all want to tap in to what's popping with me, make sure y'all hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Vales World Podcast. Shoot us an email at Podcast at ldmunger.com. Ooh, the hot topic. So yes, y'all see the title. So I have to talk about it. Today's hot topic is bigger than Dana Lee and the baby. But they definitely made this conversation happen. So let's get with it. Singer Danny Lee facing a pair of assault charges after accusations from her baby daddy, the baby. Apparently, he was assaulted two times, not one, but two times by his baby mama, who's apparently been in his home or apartment since like August which was crazy because if y'all remember when she had the baby, she was throwing signs that it was the baby. And then the baby had made a status or comment or story post about having, you know, for all his children. And if you did the math, I think he had four at the time or three at the time, whatever. But the math added up to an extra one, which everybody just started putting everything together. and like, oh, he is the daddy, which was rumors prior to. Because of that backstory, he was cheating on his baby mama with Danny Lee, and they were supposed to call some stuff off, been on, and sneaky linking and all that stuff. Interesting chain of events. And I say all that to say, stop having babies by ain't shit, niggas. Y'all know they ain't shit. I honestly don't feel bad for anyone that is mistreated by anyone that has a history of mistreating people. But I hope for the best. But when bad happens, I don't act shocked or surprised. Oh my God, how could that happen? They could have did better. No. I mean, you rap about exactly how you treat people every day. So when you treat people like the way you rap about, I'm not surprised at all. Women need to stop falling for the idea of people. And I'm saying women now because I know some guys do it as well, but I'm talking to the women right now. Stop falling for the ideal people and see them for who exactly they show you. They show you exactly who they are. Wake up from those soul dreams. Who he was three years ago is probably who he is today. The things that you are experiencing are probably the same things that the woman before you have experienced. It start off sweet, nice, kind, and then it gets sour. I think the best thing in the world to be is not future's baby mama. We see how he is with his baby mamas. We see how he is with women that he just liked. If you can stay liked for as long as possible, you may live a very wonderful life, stressless. But soon as that baby is in there, things change. And I'm tired of hearing women say, I wish I can pick the man I fall in love with and, or I wish I can pick my baby daddy. You can like (laughs) women have 100% choice when it comes to their bodies in pregnancy you have a choice to use birth control you have a choice to make sure that the guy's using birth control if you're not you have a choice to have raw sex you have a choice to stop sex if it's not raw you have a choice not to believe in a guy that's trying to go wrong say he can pull out you have a choice to use plan b you have a choice to abort You have a choice to put your child up for adoption. You have a choice to take the time to get to know the person that you're fooling with and where they are and where they stand. There are so many choices. And I'm not putting all the fault on women, but I'm just talking to the women right now. 
A good father has nothing to do with your ability to be a good couple. So if you decide to have the baby, stop using the baby as a safety net for your relationship. Niggas don't stop not being shit because of a baby. They are still that same person that they were before. Doesn't mean they won't be a, a good father, but sometimes we have to open our eyes and understand our relationship is what it was, is what it is. And stop using things to assume that someone is going to change and treat me better because of whatever situation or chain of events. Don't get me wrong. People change. Yes, they do. But we still have to hold them accountable and responsible and see them for the things they have done in the past and the things that they are currently doing. We can't ignore what's going on in front of us with hopes of what can become because who that person can become may not be with me. It may not be in our era. It may not be in our chapter, our phase. That person may become whoever he become two people after me, right? That person may become who they were destined to be in a different city, different situation. Things happen in life that changes people. And maybe you and that baby isn't the thing that's going to change him. Stop forcing change. Stop anticipating change and manage what you can control, your life, your body. If he's treating others bad, what makes you think he's going to treat you any different? If he cheated on his baby mama to be with you, what makes you think that you are any different? And Twitter and social media, we have to stop projecting our fake morals on others. There's people that got five baby daddies, four of them locked up, one on work, and they saying all this stuff. Oh, you a bad baby daddy. He da-da-da-da-da. Da, 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 da. We have to stop aspiring to be baby daddies and baby mamas and, and strive to be married. Like if, if we all had the same morals and we all had these hard, strong Christian values, then we wouldn't even be having sex, let alone having a baby before marriage. Like y'all just having babies by anybody. Don't even want to be a wife before, before the baby. And that shows a lot. I honestly believe if more people got married before having kids and they were really getting married, not to just have kids, but getting married because of the bond, the connection, the understanding that they have with their partner, life would be a better place. And I'm not saying that adults with you know kids don't get divorced and, and all that stuff, but it's still a step in a positive direction. If you had a one night stand, just think about it. If you had sex with multiple people in a time frame, just think about it. Do you really want to put your child on an earth with so much dysfunction? So many people are born in dysfunction. Do you really want to add to that? That child didn't choose to be here, but you keeping a baby because you think it's going to help you stay with this person that you love. It's mind blowing. Another thing that happened. So he called the police. Men can't even call the police. That's crazy. But if he would have put his hands on her, it would have been a whole different story. But he called the police twice and he said he wanted to get her peacefully removed from his place. And women, my, you know, I got, I got family members that do it all the time. Oh, he put me and my baby out. He put his baby out. That's crazy. No, he put you out. Oh, well, he could have at least kept his daughter. No woman is allowing a man that put her out to keep his daughter, especially not peacefully. Now, if she would have volunteered and be like, okay, well, since you're putting me out, at least keep your daughter until I find out where I'm going and how I'm going to handle this. And if he would have said, nah, take the baby too, that shows his character. But we're not about to act like a man is putting a guy out and saying, but keep my daughter here and that woman is going to allow that baby to stay. Come on, y'all. Y'all probably was born at night, but y'all weren't born last night. It don't work like that. 
we got to stop projecting our fake morals <laughs> on other people. But now Twitter's going off. Oh, he a, he a bitch for calling the police on that woman and getting his child out. What is he supposed to do? We don't need no more Chris Brown or Rihanna moments. We don't need no more dom- domestic violent moments. We don't need no more women getting abused. We don't need none of that. We don't need couples getting abused. And the crazy thing is, Dana Lee, every, every woman that knew about her didn't like this girl. Because of her creeping and, and cheating with the baby and all this other stuff. Why he had a baby on the way. And it was with his baby mama. And it looked like they were trying to patch some things up. And then she made the song talking about he wanted a light-skinned chick like me and whatever. And y'all say, oh, now she's being colorist. And, and we always going, when I say we black men, always going for the exotic ones. And the ones that's from a different country and things of this nature. Like, no one liked that girl a couple months ago. But now all of a sudden, oh, you know, he wrong because y'all hate the baby more because of his recent antics. Come on, man. Celebrities are regular people with a little more money and a little more fame. And we all can get a little more money if we take the small steps to financial freedom. If we save 10% of our earnings of whatever we have, $10 save a dollar, $100 save 10, $1,000 save 100, and so on, until we get to the space that we want to be in. Yes, it takes us a little time, but it's possible. I do understand when we live in under the meter. When we are in a deficit every month as we try to balance out bills, and things of that nature. That means we just have to figure out ways to make more money. Preferably legal, but I understand if it's not fully legal. But celebrities are regular people. Just a little more money and a little more fame. So just like us at times, they share some of our same flaws. We have to keep our problems off social media. Yes, if it's not on social media, it didn't happen. But everything is not meant for social media. Charity work, community service, volunteering, being a good human. Everything isn't meant for social media. Some things we can go without. Most people need therapy. It's up to us to to seek and receive. Even our therapists have therapists. You want to continue to get better in life. It can be finances. It can be relationship problems. It can be family problems, friend problems. Anything in the world can be resolved with proper guidance. And when I say a, when I say therapy, I'm not saying talking with family and friends, talk to someone that isn't your family and friend that has no buy-in, that has no biases. So they can give you a clear perspective of how you are processing things. And it ain't gonna always be right. Some stuff is wrong. Some of us have some fucked up norms and it's built up from our experiences with life. And as we get older, we have more responsibility and control of the things that we are willing to settle for and deal with. So if you continue to settle and deal with toxic situations, financial illiteracy, financial burdens, relationship issues, domestic violence, as an adult, you have a choice. You can get out of that situation a lot easier than it was when you were eight years old, five years old, an infant. If you want to be wealthy, select a worthy partner at the best opportunity. It's hard. Not saying it's impossible, but it's hard being wealthy. If you done had a baby by a shitty person, it is hard being wealthy. If you selected the wrong time in your life to bring another baby on this earth, it's hard. It's okay with waiting. Nothing is wrong with that. The world is already dysfunctional. We have to stop bringing babies in this world of dysfunction 
with dysfunctional relationships. Let's all seek healing and growth financially, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically. Create a proper foundation so that when our babies come on this earth, we can reduce the dysfunction for them that we have to endure for however long we had to endure it. Peace and love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Join me in my journey to success by following on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Veils World Podcast. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns you would like to address, or you just want to sponsor or feature on an upcoming episode, email me at veilsworldpodcast at ldmonger.com. Veils World can be heard on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, share, leave a review or a voice message, and more importantly, support. For as little as 99 cents a month, we can take this thing a long way. Love. It's the team.